All right, well, we have been talking about that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and we sure do. We went through some points here in a couple of last a couple of Sundays. We need to be filled with the Spirit if you want to speak in tongues, and we did talk about it last Sunday. If you want to walk the supernatural life, we, were, uh, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you would become courageous. It says in Acts 4, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Filled with the Holy Spirit. It's after that he actually got up and got going and got talking. He did not do that before because he was scared as a little chick. He was just, he didn't, didn't want to do it. But then, filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter, that's in chapter 4 of the book of Acts, Verses 8 to 12. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders. Now, here's the other thing. He doesn't just say it to poor people that, were, that would be willing to listen. He went in and he talked to the rulers, to the mayors. The other day we had a, a prayer breakfast and I had a chance to, and I was uh, congratulating or uh, just talking with the chief, poli- chief of the, uh, the police chief of Markham. And he was actually standing with, uh, with the mayor. But I didn't know the mayor. So I was just check, check, shaking their hands. And all of a sudden, I, I noticed, oh, this was the mayor. I just passed by like that. I should have maybe stopped and have a little conversation with him. But uh, um, just said, oh, he just wished me Merry Christmas and so on. But uh, what I'm thinking here is that sometimes we got to have the courage to speak to the authorities. To speak to those who are in charge. To go out and, hey, you know, this is what's happening. You might be a mayor. You might be a police chief. You might be someone. But guess what? I have a message. Now, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, and only after being filled with the Holy Spirit, he actually said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called out, to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how, how he was healed, then know this. See, that's pretty bold. Know this, guys. Listen up. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you, cruci- whom you crucify. Man, he pointed fingers. You guys killed this pastor, or you guys killed this prophet. Would you do that? Now, would you have the courage to actually stand up and say, you know, maybe speak up to Donald Trump, hey, you, 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 you messed up there. Or to uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, whoever. He had the courage. It's by the name of Jesus, you know, and... Here's the other thing. He did not have, or he was not afraid of mentioning the name Jesus Christ. That name has become a curse word today out there. It has become a name uh, that people use to curse or to, or to uh, uh, show uh, that they're shocked or something. But Peter, he comes to them and says, you know, it is by, it's 
by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone the builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. And salvation, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. He says it as it is. Courage. So the Holy Spirit gives you courage. Are you a courageous person? You might come to church for years and years and years, and that's great. That's wonderful. You have kept faith. The question I'm asking today, are we courageous? Are we bold? The Holy Spirit gives you that. And we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit also in order for us to shake our church and our community. We talked about it last Sunday as well. After they had prayed, you're talking about the Christian community. After they had prayed, it says in Acts chapter 4, verses 31, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Or quick or something. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and God and spoke the word of God boldly. Which leads me to the point here I want to talk today. How can you be filled with the Holy Spirit? Now, first of all, you have to understand, do you want this? Do you want to be a little bit more courageous in your walk with God and in your, in your faith? I want. Sometimes I am like, you know, I better don't say anything. The question here today is, do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Or do you want to be courageous and be a little bit outspoken, a little bit more outspoken about your faith in a place called the GTA, Toronto, which according to some in, in, in Canada say it's one of the most uh, pagan or most uh, regions in Canada. It's out of here. It goes, all the ideas goes to go uh, out there to Saskatchewan, to the west, and the bad ideas, not just the good. Some good and some bad. But the reality is, there is so much things going on here. There's so much political correctness thing happening right in this area. We have become quiet. We talked about it last Sunday. So how? How? In a time like this, can you be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, point number one here. For us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we need to wake up. We need to wake up in our Christian walk. From our spiritual sleep. And that's what the text in Ephesians chapter 5. For today 14 and 20. It says this. That's why it is said. Wake up sleeper. Is he talking about you and me? Unfortunately or maybe fortunately. Yes he is. Somehow in our Christian walk, it has become a church-going thing. That's it. Go to church. A sign of, we kind of feel safe in here. Once we're done here, we go home and keep it like that. Well, according to the Holy Spirit, that's not exactly what happened. They would come here to get the courage in the church, in the synagogue, 
in the groupings, in the home, small groups, for a purpose. Once they were encouraged, once they were excited, once they were filled with the Spirit, they would go out in boldness and would start speaking. The reason, by the way, the reason for you and me to be filled with the Spirit is for that very purpose, for you to actually start speaking. Now, I'm giving you a hard time, I guess. Because it looks like, man, you know, I guess I'm, uh, I'm so far off from this. I don't really know what to say. And I don't really have an opportunity because all my friends are all Christian already. I don't really have the courage to actually say something that will actually change the conversation whenever, in whichever group I am in. And I remember when we were younger in school or in the army or whatever, we would... Uh, we would have the tendency to, when they were doing a joke, we would laugh along to kind of, with the purpose to blend in in the group. By far, they wouldn't find out that I am from a different kingdom. Until, I was, until it dawned on me, you know, if I do whatever these guys are doing, if, these group, is this, if this group right now is gossiping about somebody... I'm going to gossip along with them? Or I'm going to be the outstanding, the, the guy that's going to say, hey, hey, hold on. You know, he, he might be a bad guy, but he has some good things too. That is standing up for somebody, let alone standing up, standing up for Christ, who is in a process of gathering the Gentiles or the people around the world until the number of Gentiles have come in, and then we're going to be removed from here. That is still coming. So right now, he is gathering the numbers around the world. And maybe he is delaying because somehow, for some reason, we as church have been too quiet. So that's why it says, wake up, sleeper, from, rise from the dead. Ooh. As he's saying, and he's talking to Christian people. Rise from the dead. Does that mean we were kind of sleeping basically dead, like in a coma or something? And then it goes on. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most, the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. Well, you have noticed that already. And if you haven't, I already shared that with you. You, you know, if you didn't know that bad, things are bad out there, I just told you things are bad out there. These are no good. There's evil being portrayed everywhere. There's the intention to destroy the good, whatever is left in this world. Whether that is families, whether that is in the government, those who are fighting for the, the, the good morals in the government, is, whoever is fighting for the good, those people are being pushed down. And the, the different things, that's why the Bible says even in the last days, what will happen, people will somehow adopt the, whatever is being pre, uh, presented, and the good morals will be taken to the side. The good will be changed for evil. Whatever was, being, was called bad, at that time today is called good. And today what is called good, what was good, is actually called evil. I remember again from a conversation we went in the, the U.S. military. Apparently it came from some, some of the high-level people. They say, you know what, the only real 
terrorists that we have in the world today are the evangelical Christians. Why is that? We are standing against. We are standing up for what we believe. And that doesn't fit with their agenda. So you're hated. If you didn't know that, you as a Christian, you as a believer, you are hated in this world. People don't like you. And then the Lord says, well, you know, don't worry about it. You know, they hated me. They will hate you also. Just take it as it is. Now, this morning in our Sunday school class, one, the, the, the presenter, he, in the video we saw, there is no such thing as a Sunday resurrection without a Friday crucifixion. Now, what does that mean? That means that you cannot have just the Sunday resurrection if you don't have the Friday crucifixion. That's why the Lord is always inviting us to actually die to self every day. Take up your cross and walk with me. Things are going to get bad. Things are, they're going to try to kill you. They're going to try to destroy you. They're going to try to push you down and, 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 and betray you. Just walk with me. Because the same way I went through the Friday, I came to the Sunday. And you have no idea, well, you can imagine what the joy it was, even the Bible, as the Bible was talking about it, how joyful the Sunday morning was. How joyful the great, the, the disciples received the news that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. They couldn't believe it. All of a sudden, they were there, sad in their place there, and Jesus shows up. He goes through the walls, and he presents himself there, and they, they couldn't, couldn't believe it. They just couldn't believe it. So, and then Jesus, okay, give, give me a piece of fish. So that you, you know that's me. So they gave him a piece of fish there. He ate in front of them. And then all of a sudden, they, it is really you. We thought it was over. We thought this was it. But guess what? Jesus rose from the dead. But he went through the Friday. Now, this is our Friday, may I say so. We are in the process of being crucified and hated on a daily basis. Just take it in. Just take it as it is. It is okay. If you want to resurrect on the Sunday, that's common. We have to go through the process of the Friday. It's just part of it. So be very careful on how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So the first thing you and I need to do for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to wake up. And listen to what, what's, going on, what's going on around you. When you look at TV programs, when you look at your family, when you look at the situations in the commercial world, it's all about things and all about... And we are slowly being dragged into these same things. Are we eventually sleeping? Or are we still in the back of our mind? No, 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 no. Come on, come on, come on, come on, pastor. You, you think I'm asleep, but I'm not sleeping. I'm awake. I see. I see this. I know what's happening. I'm aware. And I pray that this is your reality. 
I pray that you are aware. By the, by, I'll take a conclusion here. By the fact that you are here this morning tells me you could have been bad, you know, because the weather is bad. By the way, you're pretty courageous to come out today. By, by the time you're done this service here, it's in a couple of minutes, uh, things are going to really pick up out there in the weather. So I wish you to, you know, for, for you to go home and be safe, uh, and enjoy a, a nice hot chocolate. And what I want you to understand that at this present time, we live in a dark world. So the first thing, we need to wake up if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to have the same senses as God has. The same way that God loves, you only can love if you have this love of Christ in you. It comes through you by the Holy Spirit. You all of a sudden start loving people, even if they slap you back and forth in the face. Even if they hate you, you still cannot go up and return the same You love people. Now, that is something that the Holy Spirit does produce in your life. Love. Because it's the, the deepest feelings of God come on you through the Holy Spirit. But for, us to happen, for that to happen, we need to be filled. We need to search for the Holy Spirit. Number two, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. How? See, that, that's the thing. You might be thinking, okay, well, how? That, that's the main question today. How will I be filled with the Holy Spirit? How do I get more from the things of God in my life? If I do what I'm doing so far, is that good enough for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Or is there something else I need to do to actually experience more from the Holy Spirit? Because I want to be reaching the Sunday morning resurrection. I don't want to get stuck in the Friday crucifixion. I want to face it with the power of God to end up in a good note in the end. We've got to run the race for us to get the medal. It does not help if you start running, 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 and then, oh, it's not paying off. So how can you be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit after you wake up. If you spend time in worship, this is, this is the more practical aspect here. Spend time in worship. I don't know if you have a long commute with your car when you go to work, when you go to school. Crank in, crank it up. Crank some worship. Put some worship in. Tune in. There are messages. There's the, the Word of God. You can, you can read it. If you have an app on a phone, most cars, they have that Bluetooth thing. You can punch it in your phone and you can actually listen to the message. You can listen to worship and you can worship along as you drive. And then imagine sometimes you get stopped at the stop sign there and you are listening to music. And sometimes it happens to me, I'm listening and all of a sudden, hey, it's greened up, come on, go. People are like, and okay, then you go. So you got to be careful though. Don't get too uh, uh, drifted away. But I want to encourage you to spend time in worship. Listen. Put up music in your house. Get into it. If you like, it doesn't matter the style here, whether it is the hymns or whether it is a contemporary music, it doesn't matter. But somehow I, 
it is so important for you actually to have time to worship. Worship this great, powerful, beautiful, amazing, almighty King, Jesus Christ. It will help you to understand that. You know, when I want to talk about the speaking in tongues, uh, there is something to it, too. And I remember it was this, this time uh, in back down in Brazil. I had this message to give the next day at a, uh, a company. Uh, the, 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 the upper management uh, had invited me to, because it was a Christian, Christian group, a big uh, uh, plywood company. Uh, they were making chairs and whatnot. And they had invited me to go there and to uh, once a week to, to uh, do a devotional with uh, 10, 15 people from the upper management there in the, in the meeting room they had. But on the day before, I had traveled about four or 500 kilometers. Uh, three of us we were driving, uh, and we would, it, it took us, on the, on the way back, I knew that the next morning I needed to be there. So on the way back from the city that we had gone, Sao Paulo, which is a big city in Brazil, in Brazil we, uh, I was in the back seat all by myself. And I decided to worship God during those five or six-hour drive. Now, I was speaking in tongues all by myself, and I was quiet, and people didn't notice that much, but I was all about shakara. I was just praying and praising God and praising God and praising God and listening to uh, uh, a worship. And, and, and what happened to me that on the next day, I went to this, this, uh, this, this meeting there, and I start speaking. People were wondering, what is it with this guy? I was saying things after things after things that, first of all, I hadn't prepared. But it was so right on and the very, it hit the people, it hit the hearts of those who were there. And they came later and they thanked me. How did you know this? So, I don't know exactly what their, the, but their reaction was so different. And I noticed the night before, the evening before, I was praising God, coming closer to the Lord. And I felt the fullness of the Holy Spirit and my ministry on the next morning was different. It wasn't the same. It was a different altar altogether. So if you want to be bold and courageous, you have to spend time and get into worship. Now we're going to have this vigil here at the church. Is that next Friday? I think it's next Friday after, I think it's next Friday. You're all welcome to come. We want to spend time praying and worshiping. We, somehow we got to get into, Lord, I want more from you. I need to hear a little more clearly as to what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be strong in my faith, what it means to actually be able to be bold and courageous and speak things to, to people that, are, that people are even not even expecting. It's not just the regular. It's something else above and beyond that comes when you spend time with the Lord in prayer.
or in worship. So if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, well, take, another half, take an extra half an hour off. You know, and I'm guilty so many times. We don't have the time or we don't give the time. If we knew, it's just like Martin Luther or some other famous people in the past. Was it not Martin Luther who said, you know, I have so much to do in my life that if I don't spend three or four hours with the Lord, I'm not able to do it. Three or four hours every day? We would think, well, he's wasting his time. He should be working and he's there doing nothing, listening to the Lord. But he said he had so much to do, and if he wouldn't spend three or four hours a day praying and listening to worship or praying to God and reading the scripture, he would not be able to do the things, all the things he had to do. So if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, spend time in worship. Ephesians 5.19 reads, Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it is. That is what brings you into the other kingdom. We are talking the spiritual kingdom of God, the newness of God, the fullness of life, the spiritual power house. Now, I talked to you about our church back in Brazil. We had this, um, this old factory. And in this old factory, there was this one area in the middle of the parking lot that used to be from the old factory. It's where all the engines were that moved the, 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 all the machinery and the power and the generators and stuff that was actually feeding the machinery that worked inside the big, big building. Now, we cleared all that part out, and we made that our powerhouse. We would pray in there for hours and hours and hours because right beside the building was the service, was the church. We had, you could fit about five, was about 800 people, I think we could fit in there. We didn't ever have that many people in there, but well, we knew we're going to use this little spot right here in the middle of the parking lot, and we're going to have groups here coming in, pray and pray and pray. There's a church in Manaus, which is in the Amazon. They decided to build a big building, but they decided to do something before they build a building. They built a prayer or a, a prayer tower. 15-story high. You had to go up like this. Now I think they have elevators, but at that time you would step up the 15-story. And up there, a big open space, an oval big thing. You could fit about 30 people up there. You can go there anytime, the day or at night, 24-7. There's somebody praying. It started and it still is, from what I know. Every time, 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, midnight, you will see, you will go up there. It's a Saturday, it's raining, it's pouring, it doesn't matter. Somebody is up there praying, 2, 3, 4, 10 people, sometimes more. During the day, usually it's a little more. And that's why the church grew from a couple hundred people, it was a Baptist church, to uh, how much? 50,000, 50, 60,000 people. Leadership, when they have a leadership committee, a leadership meeting, 15,000, oh, no, sorry, 1,500 people come for the leadership uh, meeting, just the leaders. 
It's unreal. It's just unreal what the Lord did. You couldn't believe it. And in fact, I asked the youth pastor one day, How, you know, and they have 15,000 young people. How in the world did you do it? Because I was fighting back in the south in Brazil, trying to get the, 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 our group moving. We moved it from maybe 20, 30 to 150, 200, but these guys went to 15,000. How did you do it? And he said, you know, I really don't know. We just start praying. Really? Yeah. You just start praying. You decide, Lord, you know, you want to win the young people in this city? Just, we prayed and we put on some events. And one of the later events, they had, the events were so big, they were bringing motorcycles out of the roof. You know, and making big noise on the stage. They will do all kinds of things. <laughs> Not that that is important, but, I mean, they, they were going big. They were going big. And it was for the glory of God. You know, and the holiness among the young people really struck me. They were teaching them, you know, you're not supposed to kiss your girlfriend before you get married. And when they had done so, they would come to their leader and they were apologizing. You know what? I fell. Because they had learned that, you know, when the pastor brings the couple, it's a big wedding, and then he says all the things he needs to say, and then all of a sudden he says, okay, now the bridegroom can kiss the bride. There is where the kiss should happen, not before. Before you use the time to pray, you use the time to talk, you use the time to plan. Engaging in the carnal, engaging in the sexual, engaging before you are actually blessed is actually a curse for you. So, you know, we're talking a young, wild group of people. But they were so struck with the power of God that whenever they would fall, they would slip, they would come and they would confess and that's why the Lord gave them 15,000 young people in their church. And they would form worship teams. They would go through the nation to worship. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. So you are filled with the Holy Spirit if you spend time worshiping and praying. Now there's another way for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and we have that from Luke chapter 11, verses 13. For you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to ask. Simple. You ask, Lord, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you help me on that? And the Lord will say, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll manage that for you. I can do that for you. Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, though you are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the fa your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It seems to me that he was talking about giving and asking and praying. But it seems to me that for God himself, the most important thing you can ask for in this world to him is the Holy Spirit. 
It looks like he sees it as the most important gift that you could ever possibly wash, wish for. It's the Holy Spirit. You and I, you've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you want to, just ask. Hey, God, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Would you help me to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I mean it. Lord, I really mean it. I'm desperate. You pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So you ask. Number four, for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to become thirsty. Now, that goes a little bit more intense than just, okay, Lord, I ask you for the Holy Spirit. Then you wait a little bit, nothing happens, you move on. I don't know. When you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you ask a little bit more deeper. You remember when you wanted, I mean, I, I remember. I remember myself, I remember my kids. If they wanted something, they would insist with me. I want a bike, or I want this, I want that. I want it. Dad, I need it. They were pushing, insisting, insisting, can I go? Or even if they want to go to the neighborhood, oh, you know, let me go, let me go. You know, finally, you okay, you go. Or if you want to really have a fight, then you'd say no. But the reality of the matter is you know that you can insist if you really want something. So you insist. It's what the Lord is asking. Please insist with me a little more. I really want to know if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you don't, if you ask once and ah, it doesn't happen, I'll move on. But if you really want it, I know you will find you will find yourself insisting with the Lord. And he will give you the Holy Spirit. So be thirsty. John 7, 37, 39. On the last and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and stood there and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. There are people that are not there suffering with no thirstiness and no hunger for God. Unfortunately, inside the church, well, let alone outside the church. We're talking inside the church. We are not thirsty enough anymore. In fact, we come to church not really expecting a bunch of change. We come here because it's going to be the same old. It's going to be just about what we had last Sunday. We are not expecting. We are not coming with high expectancy. The Lord is going to speak to me today. Anyway, on the last day, in the great, great day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. You know, by the way, this is later. Today is later. It's for the later that's for us. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. That already has happened. He is now here. Holy Spirit is here. You ask for him, he will come to you. But you've got to be thirsty. Five. To be filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to set your mind on things of heaven. It has to do with the thirstiness, has to do with the asking, has to do with setting your mind on the things of heaven, not on the things of this world. And that's the hard part. Man, it's already 12. Unbelievable. Romans 8, 5. 
And I wanted to release you early because you could go home and have the chocolate, what I'm talking about. You know? well, hopefully you will, be, you will be able to make it. Romans 8, 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according to with this, with the, in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The Spirit has a desire. God has a desire. Jesus has a desire. The three in one have a desire. And that desire is that you would catch the heart of God and you would see what's out there. Be completely awake and be filled with the Holy Spirit so you can speak boldly and you can actually do the, uh, the, the work of the Spirit and get the numbers in and go back to, and go to heaven. That's it. Once we're done here, we're done. Once the numbers are in, we're up, gone. Right now, it looks like because of grace, because you have family members eventually that are not believers yet, God is gracious and patient. Waiting until they repent. What can you do about it? Well, you can pray and you can insist. And one of the things that the Lord loves to answer your prayer is when you pray for someone to be saved. That really helps. Because then the Lord feels free to go into a person's life and change that, that person's heart so that he comes to believe. Colossians chapter 3, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. At Christmas time, more than ever. This is the church. This is what we're here for. Would you close your eyes as the group comes up here? You want to pray? I'm going to do something here different here today. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to, you can come right here. You can kneel down right here. You can fill this area all the way here. You can kneel down before the, king, before the, 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 the throne of God, and you can ask the Lord to be filled with the Holy Spirit. As they start playing, very softly, whatever song you have there or something different. Um, I'll give you five minutes. The Lord might give you a little more. I'm just because time is up. But I want you to uh, think about it. If you're hungry for the things of the Spirit, if you really want, you've got to come and ask. Come and ask for it. Say, Lord... I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want more from you. I want your thoughts and your understanding. I want your heart. I want, think, I want to start thinking the way you think. And the Lord will give it to you. Your life will change, and it's going to make a difference in this world. So anyone who wants to come, I'm not saying that if you don't come, you will not be filled with the Holy Spirit. But if you're really hungry, I know... Right now that the Holy Spirit is touching your hearts. Maybe thinking, should I go or should I not go? But I know basically you want to be filled. You want to be filled. So just come.
Lord, I want to thank you. Thank you, Lord, that your spirit is present. And I pray, Lord Jesus, for, for this congregation. I pray for myself, Lord, because sometimes, Lord, I feel I need more. And I know I need more. But I pray, Lord, that you would fill us, Lord, with your anointing, with your spirit. And that you would give us hunger for more from you, Lord. So as the Spirit leads you this morning, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, show it to the Lord. Yes, I want to be filled. The altar is open for the next minute or two. You can come here, you can kneel down, you can pray and ask to be filled.